the night of the election, you texted me once the results were clear. You texted me. Anyone who tells you they saw that coming was full of shit. What did you mean by that? I mean, I talked to everybody from like David Axelrod, Mitch Stewart, and we all were like the same uh, group of like humbug. We're not so sure. This is probably going to be worse than we're thinking. Um, just because we have been through so many of those cycles, right? Uh, 2014, we thought it was going to be better. It turned out to be worse, you know. Yeah, 2016, you know. So there was just a number of those cycles where polls look better, things look better. There was things on the table that looked like they should have broken our way, and they just didn't, right? We never got those breaks. Another thing was the youth showed up, right? We have been since the Obama first, you know, uh, 2008 coalition, this rising coalition of young people who are going to keep us moving forward into a progressive future. That finally happened in a midterm which is huge news uh, for the political landscape. So to see those two things coming, uh, I, you would have to be Nostradamus. And, you know, people are going to say that. But, uh, I mean, there are some pollsters who were, and I will, I will give them um, their their praise over his strategies, Terrence and others, that were telling me it was going to be better than than we thought, right? Because there were some underlying things that, that structurally just made this a different election. I was hesitant because midterms are always economic elections right so the economics were all against this the messaging around that stuff was all against it. so to me if it was our, a blind blind luck if our listeners don't know yet cyrus garrett is back on too close to call because it's georgia week and we last talked in october i don't know three weeks out something like that, something like that. yeah like, i guess you know somewhere around there cyrus garrett is the head of organizing at Task Force, ran the South for Biden, an Obama alum, Democratic strategist. And credit where credit is due, you did say the most likely scenario was that the Senate race in Georgia would go to a runoff. And here we are a week out from the runoff. You you, you thought Warnock had a shot at getting to 50 on election night, but it it just got a little too tough, I guess. I was looking at some of the margins in the counties. Where he underperformed in a, in a, in a few areas. You, you had mentioned the southeast. Can you can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, there was there was some tapering off outside of Atlanta, right in the southeast of the state. Um, the turnout levels um, didn't perform at the same levels that you looked at like 2020, what the potential was for turnout there, right? That's that's what I thought he could have reached 50 that night, just looking at where the trend lines were going. But when I saw those numbers coming in from Santa, Savannah and those areas later, I was just like, he's not going to get, he's going to be very short. He's just, just, just short. Just short, but, yeah. Yeah, and, and, the, and the big thing was, it was about presence, right? A lot of what I was hearing from different groups down there in the Southeast, uh, different uh, organizations were dealing with black men was, there was a lack of presence in showing up. And there was also a feeling that, you know, this is kind of Metro Atlanta, Warnock and Metro Atlanta, Abrams. And that is not, our issues aren't as front and center to some of those folks, right? And you see you see that in turnout, right? And the funny thing is that Herschel Walker is such a historically bad candidate that a lot of those people that didn't show up in the first time around because they didn't believe, one, there was some disbelief that he could win. But when he got to a runoff, now these folks are saying, I'm showing up this time. And a lot of this highly, much younger and much more black male uh, population outside of Atlanta. Wait, they did, people didn't think Warnock could win? No, they didn't think Walker could win. Oh, right? okay, okay. And so they thought it was, like, okay, it, right, right, yeah. right. 
They thought but, it wouldn't get to a runoff. There's no way. Wow. So they didn't. I mean, and you, you mentioned this in your previous answer, but the polling was pretty good, right? And the fact that most pollsters that were reputable had this margin of error pretty tight, Warnock ahead, but but barely. So didn't the data mostly bear out to what transpired on Election Day? It did. I mean, the trend line was, though, when you looked at the polling, it was going more in Walker's direction. If you would have not, we talked about this before. I said, stop looking at the polls now. It's about yeah. turnout numbers in counties, right, which right, counties right. are turning out. Um, and so if you looked at those, you would have thought Walker actually had momentum going into Election Day. Um, and and really, he had stalled out uh, a while ago. So there's a ceiling on him, um, which gives Warnock a lot of opportunity to really um, – you know, lock in these margins in the run up in these last uh, few days. But also the fact that, you know, there's a number of voters who showed up for Kemp and could not vote for a Democrat. So they voted for Walker, but are not showing up again. And that's the potential uh, for um, the, you know, the victory in the margin that I think the, the Warnock campaign is focused on. You just look at that ad and you can tell uh, based on the polling. That's that's the group who would most respond today. Those independents, those folks, they maybe showed up for Kemp voted for Walker the first time because they just couldn't vote for Warnock, but won't show up again. The margin ended up being about 37,000 votes. Uh, I have it 49.4 to 48.4. Warnock obviously finishing ahead of Walker. And then I compared it to the last runoff in 2021 against Loeffler, Kelly Loeffler, where Warnock won by 93,000 votes. So does that mean that... Oddly enough, Walker was, was, is a stronger opponent than even Kelly Loeffler, despite all of his almost daily hiccups that he was this, he was this, he was the better choice because I have some people that are now saying to me, if, if, if Republicans just fielded a better candidate, Warnock is in a lot more trouble. That, that 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 it's that it's if it wasn't Herschel Walker, maybe if you just went with David Perdue again, or Kelly Loeffler, I don't know she was. I know she wasn't a great candidate, but is that a your assessment? Was Walker the strongest candidate because of his celebrity and is just his name ID? Or I think I think you get you know Walker was the the strongest candidate they can comprehend, right? The GOP in, in Georgia, because if you think about how many distinguished people of color conservatives have come out of Georgia and that still live there and could have been that candidate that would have given Warnock a real run for his money. Because you look at Kemp's turnout, he dwarfed. uh, Right. So if you just have a ticket where there's somebody who's a Kemp-like candidate there, we're in trouble. This is why I brought up to you before. I was like, is Georgia really a pathway 2024, right? Right. Depending on, you were like, oh, it depends on if Trump's on the ballot or not. And that's that's really what it is because Trump had has energy in the state, but it's not enough to drag a candidate across the line, right? And then Walker benefited from having that institutional, and I think we're going to see that, um, don't quote me on it, but I think we're going to see that gap <laughs> of institutional support um, in this runoff, because if without Kemp at the top of the ticket, does Walker even make it to a runoff? I'm not so sure. Okay, so it's really Kemp, the ticket driver there, although now... Walker's trying to hook himself to Kemp. I mean, Kemp Kemp is on the stage with him. He cut he's cut an ad. That's their it looks like that's their primary ad. It's all Kemp. It's like Kemp's running again. Yeah. So is yeah. but but you don't think that's enough. Voters are gonna separate that out and be like, you can't just have a validator 
it's different. It's not the, it's not the same thing. How much does Kemp, I guess my question is how much does Kemp now finally embracing Walker help Walker? Kemp matters. If Kemp believes Walker matters, right? Like if Kemp believes Walker winning helps Kemp run in 2024, then it's really, really going to be Kemp's machine is real, right? Like we've seen this. He's dug in. He has arms across the aisle, right? There was Democratic yeah. pockets that split for him. So with that being said, that's infrastructure that's hard to beat uh, with the incumbency of governor, the governor behind you and being the local power, right? Because even if you're a U.S. senator, your, sit, your local seat of power isn't supposedly your backyard there in Georgia. I mean, it, the governor can move things around and make things reality that weren't the reality the day before, yeah. unlike a senator. Um, and so with that being said, if he really goes all in, um, Warnock and his team, you know, they have to definitely draw a price for that. They have to ding up Kemp's brand with Trump because that's what Kemp has. That's how he got to the heights he got. And his is that he was able to split that brand off. He was his own Republican, conservative, still uh, uh, stuck to the line, but was not going to go over to, you know, being a sycophant uh, of Trump's. So that is a new line, a new string in the Republican Party that I think there's opportunity to like build some bridges on. Um, but it's also very thin read right now. So Kemp is out there on his own, really trying that one out. So he's got to determine. I think it's really going to be interesting to see what calculus they make. Yeah. So you think this is this is a little bit of a Kemp auditioning for a, for his own Senate rate for a for a Senate contest of his own? No, I think Kemp actually and for president. Team, yeah, would look at this uh, okay. field and say, out of all the people who has been the less the less Trumpy, but has a, a record to stand on. Right. right? But, Kept but still very open. conservative, very conservative, still very conservative. Right. So there's there's a number of those things where there's a lane for him that doesn't exist for, I think, even a DeSantis that people think just because it seems so obvious. He's the he's the little lighter Trumpy ish, but yeah. he's done, yeah. you know, yeah. So with all that, and he'd be coming out of the now the quintessential battleground state. I mean, Florida is not a battleground state anymore, really. It's going to be Georgia for the next three cycles, right? That's going to determine the president. That's right. So let's before we get to 2024, let's look at what what's going on right now. More than a half a million votes banked about a week out. Um, 301,000 people voted on Monday, which set a new record in the state of Georgia. Of the 500... 1.9 million doors on Monday, too. What does that mean? Not doors. 1.9 million knocked, uh, dropped literature, talked oh, really? For, on the Democrat on a Monday. Side. Yep. So. Wow. Okay. And then, um, of the 500,000 people that voted, I saw that 27,000 are 18 to 24 year olds. And then I saw one stat that 30% of the 18 to 29 year olds who have voted did not vote in the general. What's going on there? Why are, if you're young and apathetic and didn't even care about the biggest midterm, you, you didn't vote in that one, but now you decide to come out and over. That's the population I was talking about. Right. And it's high, it's more black male and they're embarrassed by Walker. They are completely embarrassed by the image of him as being their state representative or him as being a male him as being a father like there's so many different things when you go in these focus groups and they didn't believe like i said you don't we think you and i are political animals right we believe almost everybody's got shot at this point but they didn't believe that this guy who could barely put a sentence together could actually win in a state 
right? Where this has always been like a stereotype of, you know, a, a quintessential black buck male, right? There's no way that this guy can win in this state. However, he gets to the runoff. It looks very close. It was up and down yeah. that whole night, right? It was very so close. So now we have a whole bunch of people who are like, okay, I'm making sure this time I show okay. up in both, right? So you feel, you must feel better now. I mean, you, you said this before we start recording, but you feel better now about the state of this race a week out than you did a week out from the general. Yeah, I just have a much better sense of where the electorate is, right? Um, if you look at the cycle from 2016 to 2018 to 2020, it wasn't very, because you look down ticket and you saw people were running on very crazy shit that were still winning, you know? So you weren't really sure where the elector was overall. Um, and midterms are around like a real microcosm, a, a smaller section of the electorate than even that. So I wasn't sure where they were. Right? Was the economy and the economic future for them so grim that they were like, we need something completely more radical? Right. It doesn't even matter yeah. who it is, but but just exactly. throw the bums out, throw the exactly. incumbent out. Right. And, and, and versus, um, no, this is actually a threat to democracy. This is really scary. And we need to actually stand up. We're losing rights for the first time in my lifetime, right? I don't think anybody has had a period in which people had lost a fundamental right in the, in front of them. Um, and that really carried the day. Abortion being such a big issue, even in Georgia, I think is a potent, potent reminder of the potential um, that Democrats have with a new generation, hopefully of leadership and others at the state and local level um, to really make a lot of these state fights more progressive, right? Like that's mm -hmm. where this game I think is gonna go. The Supreme Court is gonna put a lid on big national sweeping stuff for a while and force states to fight it out. Yep. Um, which I think makes these state fights a lot better, right? Like I think the candidates are going to emerge from these fights. I think the battlegrounds are going to end up emerging from these uh, state fights. is going to look a lot different than it does now. So I think the investment in Republicans going to get Ohio and Florida, like that was a dream for a generation. They got it done and it doesn't matter. anymore. <laughs> so the black, young, independent minded male is now motivated and coming out. And from what you see in this, the early batch of voters, they're there. Those are banked votes for Warnock in a way that that you weren't sure about exactly. three weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, because we weren't sure how certain voters were going to show up. We knew black voters were like 90, 10, right? But sure. the younger ones weren't really, we didn't have a great understanding on them. Uh, and then they, a lot of them didn't show up in the south, like I said, the southeast of the state and a number of other pockets. And there's a large population of them actually outside of the metro Atlantic area. So the potential upside margin on that is huge. And so to see them react the way they did to the election, I think gives us um, a playbook moving forward of how to make sure we keep that majority together in that state. I do think, though, it's a, a fragile majority. Like, we have to recognize that, like, Kemp blew away Stacey Abrams, who is somebody who is offering the Democratic platform, had built amazing infrastructure in that state, um, and still could not really, you know, uh, crack, you know, crack that code. So, yeah, I want to go to the the southeast again because once once you flagged that for me, I started diving into the southeastern counties. And it's interesting comparing it to the Atlanta area. Warnock did have some fall off there. Muskogee County, which is a mm -hmm. Columbus, I think. Mm -hmm. He, I mean, it was only a point, but it was sixty. He got sixty-two percent. 
uh, this time he had 63 percent against Lawler. But then you go to Terrell County, which is a smaller county. It gets bigger. It was, you know, he got 50 only 52 percent this time against against Walker, 55 percent in 2021 against uh, Lawler. And then Stewart County, which is just below Columbus, again, that the southeastern portion of the state. I mean, real drop off, 58 percent this time against Walker he he was up to 62% yeah. against Lawfleur. So you that is where I noticed whereas Atlanta I mean I looked at Fulton he actually he got he, he maxed out yeah. this time. Maxed yeah. out in Fulton uh DeKalb it was equal it was 84% this time mm-hmm. 84% last time but you're right in that southeastern quadrant and you mentioned this it's just is it just neg- candidate neglect like people were not as engaged in that race they didn't think it was as important because the visits aren't there. The attention isn't there. Yeah, is that what it is? It's yeah, just presence matters, man. And I but think you guys gotten... must have been knocking doors there, right? You were, yeah, of on... course, of course, yeah. But candidate presence matters, right? Okay. Uh, candidates showing up, being there with the folks locally, to get them excited about being there. They get to take the pictures. They send them in the newsletters. It gets mm-hmm. their folks all excited. They knock the doors. They make the phone. You know, that's how it kind of rolls. Um, and the South is very much still run like that. I, I tell you, you cannot win a state like North Carolina or Georgia without showing up. Um, you have to be there. You have to be on the ground and you have to uh, be present with people because they need to get to know you. Um, so has and, Warnock and, remedied the Southeastern Georgia problem? I don't know if Warnock has remedied it versus whether or not Walker makes it a moot point for them, you know, because the, I think there's the fear of him being the representative is much more than the slight or feeling of slight that maybe some folks may have felt in the run up to the midterms. But they're um, aware of it. They're aware that that's where they had slide. And I don't well, I'm sure they're aware that's where they had slide. I'm not sure how his camp has felt. Um, you know, I work much more with outside vendors and they yeah. were flagging it for me um, and they were flagging that they were trying to make it up with Knox. But like I said, candidate presence is, is, is important, right? Because to have have Warnock show up and be in a room with some of those uh, young black men, entrepreneurs from Muskogee and other places like that to say, I see you, I see what you need. We're talking because he has a great reputation in the state for like delivering for constituents. Like when they need him to deliver something, like he can get it done. Um, and that's and especially in the metro Atlanta area. I'm not so sure if that's the, the reputation down southeast. So, like I said, for the long term, there's an opportunity there in Georgia because the state Democratic Party is alive and well. Right. Like They are constantly um, knowing where they need more support, where they're hot, where they're cold. Um, but it's it's all about like how that whole organism is going to continue to work together and grow. Like The, the libertarian obviously got two percent. That's why we're here in a runoff. Mm-hmm. Is there any engagement with those voters? What happens to those voters? Because they could be the difference makers if they wanted to be, or or do they just go away? Are they not interested yeah. anymore? A lot of times those are voters who just throw their shot, right? They show up as Green Party in some states, show up as Libertarians in others, and they just they're they're discussed with the whole system, but they believe in democracy enough to show up and vote, right? And so they 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 throw off the shot. But they they do put like a cooler in something where there's a runoff potential, right? Um and I, I do think that um the opportunity for Democrats and progressives is really to find a place and understanding of what those people's issues are. Cause a lot of times it's about uh, access to capital, fair, um, uh, fair opportunity to grow their businesses. When I say it's the Georgia is a very business minded state, small business, especially. Um, and to have a chance in that state, you have to know that and have to be able to run on a platform like that. And I think that's the, 
going to be the the thing is like all these states have these different kind of new growing economic systems that are post COVID, right? Like Georgia, you know, business kind of took off uh, in COVID and some of them went away, but a lot of them thrived and they came through. Um, and that's what Kemp benefited from, right? He kept these things in a lot of people's minds going. Um, I think Democrats are going to have to, to wrestle with that in a state like Florida and other states, that narrative that Democrats shut things down and they died. Republicans opened things up and they lived, right? And, you know, that sort of uh, a cancel culture versus woke mindset, if we get stuck in that dichotomy, we're going to lose, right? Uh, we have to get away and do what these candidates, each one of these candidates that won, Mark Kelly, all personalize their races. You yeah. know me. Cortez I Masto, Nevada was tough, tough, but she she squeaked it, it out. out. She got it. I mean, the out. governor lost. That was an interesting mm-hmm. divide because, I mean, the governor lost, I think, due to COVID lockdowns, tourism in Vegas. Yep. Yep. But she eked it out incredibly. Um, yeah. They did yeah, a great the, job, all these campaigns. And I think the, the you know, S&P, uh, the Senate Majority Pack, D, you know, DSCC, they all deserve a lot of credit for recognizing what these states were and putting the math together, right? Because if you look at these, these are margin wins in a lot of these states. So obviously you think Warnock's going to pull this out, but it's still, yes. a, it's still a two-point race. It's, gonna be tight. it's yeah. still going to yeah. be tight. Like, yeah, like it doesn't just bottom out for Walker. Like Republicans are coming it back. Could. But... It could. This is the, the, the scenario for me is that it could bottom out. and You end up with a situation where it's like 52 percent for Warnock. Right. That would be a bottom out for Walker. So 52, 48. How, yeah, exactly. That's, that's how close the state is. And that would be a blowout. Um, right. Know. Four points would be a blowout in Georgia, given, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, given exactly. what, we've, what we've seen in the last two cycles. And you saw um, Futterman almost got close to Pennsylvania. Don't forget me on my dark horse call there. He, well, what do you mean? Covers- oh, oh, you mean overperforming Biden is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. He got. I mean, he won by five, which which was a bigger you, margin than cutoff. I thought. Yeah, I told you that was my dark horse mark to put him in the 2024 dark horse candidate. Yeah. So doesn't okay. So if Warnock wins this, he'll have won four general elections. I mean, two runoffs, two general elections, but four highly calcified polarized races in the last two years isn't he an automatic presidential candidate i mean i don't think he's built for it in that way right meaning um warnock i don't think has ever ever looked for the presidency as like a as a as a next step for himself i think he's the most pleased senator in the united states really right? you don't like, think he he's he's had to have thought about it now given i mean i think you think about it but i don't think you think this is the thing and and please that you know i don't i don't know warnock himself personally as well but i know a lot of his folks and they are so focused on where they think Georgia can go, right? And what they can bring back to Georgia. Like, I don't think they've even stopped to have that possibility. But like you said, the drumbeat may grow after this election because it is yeah. such a state that's needed, you know? I think it could just because, I mean, he'll, he'll be just a machine with armor if he's if he survives this and you know african-american i mean i don't know what the happens with the dnc calendar but if south carolina moves up the the african-american vote is even more important earlier in a primary i mean who knows what biden does again and he's not gonna primary biden but i'm just saying if there's an open seat 
it, yeah. if suddenly Biden says, okay, I gotta, I'm going to pass the baton, you know, it's not going to automatically be Kamala. Like she's not going to have a free pass at this. There's going to be people uh, going. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, that's definitely, that's right. That's right. And I think that's why you see her out running right now. You know, she's been, if you looked over her stop, she's been in Chicago, she's been in LA, she's been doing a lot of fundraising swing to try to lock up these donors, which is smart. Um, I'm glad that she's showing like the will to win, right? Like if, if she has to. Um, but I also think that like Warnock, you're right, would be for the same reasons that like Pete would be, because I think there's a um, a fissure right now in the church. Uh, if you look at the evangelical, the Black Baptist, and a lot of like this this uneasiness kind of with this the church and its its place in politics. Um, and I think that what there's an opportunity to redefine what uh, a Christian political politician looks like. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's good. That would be a welcome, refreshing thing, like, very much like a Jimmy Carter. But also the problem is, is America at the end of the day doesn't want a Jimmy Carter. Right. So that's why I say like a, a war knock is almost like, does that help us? Uh, or is it like a, we're setting ourselves up for a one term switch around to some wildly conservative guy and, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, there. look, I, I just think, I mean, he, he's obviously a very polished speaker. Um, you know, he has the religious background, which I don't know. Can you take that and 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 that plays better in the Midwest or some of these states? Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, think the the elites of the Democratic Party have gotten too far away. That's why, like, Ohio's off the map, even though Tim Ryan, yeah. I think, ran a great campaign. But he still campaign. loses by. I mean, yeah. like, he ran the best campaign you could do. Amazing campaign, man. But if you know, if he can't be successful, then like the party, I mean, in the Midwest starts starts to have to reevaluating how to run, even a state like Wisconsin. You know, we talked about Wisconsin yeah. before, like. Could a different candidate have beaten Ron Johnson? I mean, Ron Johnson looked so vulnerable, right? And he, and he ekes it out. Exactly. Um, yeah. What does the, the Democratic Party look like post-Biden or even in the transition outside of Biden where you don't have the old man sort of to save the party? You know, I just wonder about that a lot. And I think Warnock, you know, again, not to put the car before the if he if he's successful and if he wins by like, you, if he wins by like four, if he wins by four, yeah. Then it's, it's going to be like, that yeah. guy's going to be like, whoa, this guy is like. Yeah, different conversation. At yeah, that different point. different conversation. Okay, let's wrap on just 2024 in Georgia, uh, because you, you mentioned this in our in our DMs back and forth that, you know, like the Democratic Party now in Georgia, like knows how to do this, right? They've won there. They're battle tested. Does it, if Trump is the nominee again, is that the best case scenario for Democrats in Georgia to, to hold Georgia or could another if it's DeSantis or another candidate? Are they a better fit? I mean, obviously, Kemp, let's put him aside because that's home state advantage. But right. someone outside the state that's just the generic Republican rather than Trump. Are they are they more of a threat? I think somebody not Trump is more of a threat. I think Trump, we've just seen too many test cases. There's been too many votes where there's opportunities to affirm or diss him. And every time Georgia can diss him, they diss him hard. Right. So it's like that is a that's enough proof point for me to say that he's not the strongest one. So a a Georgia play is definitely on the table uh, for a Trump candidacy. I think DeSantis is interesting. Uh, you know, to me, I already think he screwed his campaign because he said, you know, I want to make the rest of America like Florida. 
And unless you're from Florida, that's not very appealing. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't think, you know, I think at the end of the day, he's going to have a lot of issues that people are taking into account. But you bring in somebody like um, an Asa Hutchinson, uh, you bring somebody in like, you know, um, uh, who's a more DeWine or Sununu, you know, the, yeah, yeah. more sort of the boring modern. white guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh... Republican who's just sort of business friendly, business but not friendly. polarizing, exactly. cul- not as culturally polarizing, right? Exactly. Like, um, because that's where the swing black male independent swing bit. Because you look at the voters who showed up and voted for Kemp and then voted for Warnock, a lot of that was by did Kemp right? get Kemp got black male, but like, what per- do we know what percentage he, he got? Uh, he it was a crossover between black, uh, Hispanic, and AAPI voters that voted for him and then voted for Warnock. Um, right, but he and, got what, like a quarter or like? I'm not sure the percentage, yeah, okay. but we would have to look. But it was, it was a, that was what the difference was, right? You think yeah, about yeah, yeah, for sure. the delta between the two. Um, uh, and the big thing I think was is that that shows that in that state, business, economic, policy, they care about more than left or right, right? Um, they liked Warnock more, which is why they voted for him, So, All right. So your final prediction? Are you going to give one? Yeah, no, I think Warnock wins it. Give me a point, uh, you know, by a solid point. I, I definitely think that Walker has lost momentum. You see everybody parachuting in the state. I think that's because they see their own internals and they're trying to juice enthusiasm. And you see we don't need to juice it on our side. So that's usually the tail of the tape. So. Excellent. Cyrus, Garrett, thank you so much for coming back on Too Close to Call. The best. Our first two-time guest. On the Love pod. It. You're the man. Keep it going. I appreciate it, buddy. Take care.